thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome pilots, you've tuned to the Guard Frequency, because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 277 of the Best Damn Space Sim Podcast Ever, recorded on Friday, September 27th, and made available for download on Tuesday, October 1st, 2019, over at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Jeff. And I'm Ken Shadow. And this week's streaming services are brought to you by American Tonycom. Right, Tony? That's right, Ken Shadow. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We want your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at Feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything on Friday nights, wink, wink, then you should come join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn Space Sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all of our patrons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's get on with the show. What have we got in store this week, Tony? In this week's Flight Deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Elite Dangerous, Star Citizen, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, and Infinity Battlescape. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, with Metal Under Tension and Something Something Touch and Go. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach. Checkers green, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Frontier Developments. Clearly a fan of the show, did the bare minimum to shut Tony up. Boy, did they get that backwards. And they also broke something else with hilarious consequences for all concerned. Cloud Imperium revealed, wait, hang on. Cloud Imperium arranged to have News of Week reveal that their week-long website JPEG Tease was indeed another ship, the Mantis. Some folks had some issues with some of that. And as Shiv says, Setaball isn't dead. Infinity Battlescape is officially an early release and is currently selling at a 5% discount until October 3rd. And Rebel Galaxy Outlaw has announced its latest patch, which includes two new ships, and is priced 15% off until October 4th. So, sales around, everybody. Get out your Christmas money early. Hopefully you have a birthday sometime around here. Nana put some uh, uh, cash in a, in a Hallmark card for you. 
and you can go to all of your, you know, well, I guess you can only go one place for Rebel Galaxy. That's your Epic Game Store, your friendly local Epic Game Store, uh, and get a 15% off Rebel Galaxy Outlaw if you haven't bought it yet. It'll include a shiny new patch, which includes a uh, two ships. One of them is a police cruiser. Yes, a retired police cruiser. And then the other one is uh, like a, another cargo ship or something. Wait, I so didn't care this, about it. These are ships that you just automatically get, or you have to, like, they're unlocked no, it, so you can buy them yeah, in the game? Yeah, they're, they're, they're for sale at the docks. The, the, sh- the game shipped with uh, five vessels that were available that you could progress through, and this adds another two. Oh, I, I uh, get you. I get you. Yeah, so the SPZ is uh, a gutted Pathfinder Plus chassis. So there's that. Uh, it, it's a larger ship, and the Foxbat is the decommissioned police craft. So uh, those are going to be there, uh, priced at the low, low price of free for the patch. But if you haven't gotten the game yet, uh, it's uh, 15% off on the Epic Store. So uh, if you're uh, looking for some more ship options like we were talking about the other, uh, the other day on the show, this is your thing. Uh, this is your time. This is your chance. So go out there and play some more Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. And also, uh, our friends over at iNova Studios uh, went into early release. They're 5% off. Um, they said they had uh, they were happy with their uh, concurrent players in Europe and America for their early release stuff, and they're getting uh, the uh, plenty of people in a single instance. They're having a good time. They're, they're, they're encouraged by the number of people they can get in a single instance and getting playing together. So uh, go stress them. Maybe we should have a couple of them on soon and uh, talk about their release and how it went and uh, all the... Shiv, Shiv, in his usual Shiv way, is, uh, is, is working on that. And Shiv's method, uh, which will probably come as a surprise to no one who's a regular listener of the show, is to ask for free stuff. Oh. Uh, so, uh, so he's, I think, I think, I think... We have at least one fan of the show that works for him. So, uh, and uh, Brian, you you backed, so you've got access. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it Henry, is installed has... on my computer at this point. I haven't had it playing it, uh, but it's okay. installed. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, so, and uh, I think Henry's got it too. So, you know, Shiv, Shiv is Shiv is you know twisting arms in his usual Shiv way. Uh, but I think that would be kind of fun. We had a good. You guys had a. You, know, you guys did it without me on the Starfighter Inc. thing. So I think. I mean, I got you know. I, I'm I'm due right. Uh, so we should probably uh, have some sort of play play session or something, and maybe we'll get uh, one of the Inovi guys to come on and, uh, and uh, show us the ropes, give us some flight lessons, uh, tell us all the secret ins and outs of how to win at this uh, at this game. So. so, so both of those games, just to be clear, are not 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 all that expensive. Uh, Rebel mm-hmm. Galaxy is twenty five dollars ish US, and Infinity Battlescape is thirty three-something in change, uh, U.S. Yeah, they're, they're priced considerably below what you would call a triple-A game. Um, uh, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw is done and, and finished. They're just patching it. Uh, Infinity Battlescape still in early access. means they're still developing uh, some of the features, but the base game is is functional uh, and, uh, and and pretty, very pretty. It's pretty. It's a pretty game. Many explosions. Those, uh, those are, are the goodness. sales price, to be clear. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and for a change, uh, folks who get this uh, show on Tuesday, uh, you'll still have time to go take advantage of both of these. Uh, so you'll have a couple of days once the once the show dro- show drops to get out there and uh, buy one or both. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing what comes of that, and hopefully we will have uh, something something else for you in the days to come. 
Moving on to Elite Dangerous news this week. So clearly, uh, they're big fans of the show because they heard me say that I would settle for them changing the color of the buy arcs button in the spaceport from blue to the orange, the standard orange. And that's exactly what they did. They didn't move it off the front page. They didn't put it, bury it back like Jeff suggested back, you know, put it back in the outfitter, uh, the outfitter where it used to live. Uh, no, they, 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 but they turned it back to orange. So I, per my announcement last week that I would settle for that, I guess I, I will, I will honor my word and say, good job frontier. You did the bare minimum. You, you put on your 15 <laughs> pieces of flair, not your 37 pieces of flair. Like Brian does. I mean, Brian wears 37 pieces of flair because he wants to express himself. Uh, Very but yeah, but but you did you did you did what 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 uh, what was required of you to make it to change it from the bellboy going <coughs> holding out his hand to the hat on the sidewalk situation where it's there if you want it it's there if you feel like you want to chip in for a little bit of a little bit of uh, show your appreciation a little bit. I, I'm going to shame there. myself a little bit. I haven't listened to last week's show yet. Um, that's okay. But 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 is it just because the button was obnoxiously different color? Is that the only yeah. complaint? Okay. Well, the the complaint throughout the community was uh, the system, as you would expect a cash shop to to do, was a little in your face, mm. well, a lot a lot in your face, I a see. lot in your face, and and to to, to a certain extent you want, you understand that you want it's a new system for one you want people to be aware that it's there and number two you're expecting that to be a revenue source so you want people to you know you know you want some visibility to it. But the theory of it being sort of outside the game, right at the at the login menu. Hey, here's your arcs balance. Hey, here's the the button for game extras where you go buy things. It's all on the login screen, right? It's a mm. little bit out of universe, and okay, that makes sense. But then you transition into the universe where you're going to start flying your spaceship around like in VR, like an immersive experience, mm-hmm. and in the main screen, space station screen. Where you, where you know where you live every time you dock, it's bright blue button. Where, you know, we all know the, how important the color scheme is to the Elite Dangerous. It so is. important that they won't let you change the default orange in the game. You have to resort to wackiness to do it. But big obnoxious blue, and the internet's came alive. I was we were only a small part of that, I'm sure. But, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I but I do find I, I am gratified that my minimum demand was met. Uh, you know, they they said, well, if, if we'll make Tony shut up, then that's good enough. I, I I truly think that's the standard. Let make that guy make that guy go away. I I, I, I you know we are the minimum viable product announcers here. So <laughs> that's right. We are the true MVPs. So that's gonna... that's right. <laughs> we are. If if there's a low if there's a low like like hurdle low standard, we we'll just it. we just just inch over it just like a little bit. That's it's us. Yes. That's the that's where you want that's where you want to be. Uh, so that was done. Um, there are there, this will. It's not done yet, though. It's in an upcoming patch, which will take care of a number of other um, quote known issues. Uh, there are still some people out there who are uh, uh, complaining that there are some unaddressed issues or issues that are not scheduled to be addressed in a patch as of yet. Uh, but they uh, that should be coming in the next couple of weeks, I believe, from their announcement. Uh, so uh, for a full discussion of that, uh, you can hit the reddits and the uh, in the forums. There. I didn't see anything that else was. There's nothing. It's the usual. It's the usual mix of stuff. You edge cases where if you dock at a thing with this screen on, you get kicked out of the game. Just just weird stuff like that. 
So they're going to clean up the rest of those edge cases, fix the blue button, and then all we have to do is just wait another two months for carriers to show up. I'm going to make a, a firm commitment that as soon as they turn that stupid button back to the right color, I will go ahead and make a purchase of ARCs to show them that when you're not obnoxious doing the <coughs> you put the hat on the on the on the ground, I'll put I'll put a I'll put a dollar in there. I'll put a dollar in your hat. The, the transaction when you hit when you hit the, I haven't hit the button obviously. So does it actually happen all inside the client or does it kick you to the web page? My understand I haven't done it yet obviously because I'm still protesting. Yes. So but my my understanding is it takes it takes it happens in the in the in the uh, in the game. That's my understanding. I've done it yet, though. Someone can correct me if, I, if I'm wrong about that. But the whole idea was that you're, it's supposed to be pretty seamless uh, to to uh, 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 get that, get the acquire your arcs and then spend it on stuff. It's, it's, it's seamless to throw more money at the game. <laughs> That's how you want it to be, right? I, I mean, guess so. You know, you want it to be as easy as possible, uh, and and they're, 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 they they they. To some extent, they did it right, right? Like, you know, uh, err on the side of completely obnoxious at first and then wind it back, right? So you know where people's pain point is, right? And it's like, you know, oh, oh that too much? Too much? Is that too much for you? Okay. All right. We'll tone it down a little bit. It's a safe word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, 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 no. Now you know my safe word. <laughs> oh. That's for you, Brian. We're oh. glad you're back. Oh, All man. Right. Uh, they broke other things. They broke two other things that I want to talk about. So we'll talk about what Jeff was going with, going with first. What did what did you hear, Jeff? Well, I heard that the, due to some uh, unfortunate who works for Frontier and and uh, does all the website stuff that there were some meta tags left inside the web code that you thought that you could buy uh, arcs uh, or spend arcs on. On weapons and buildings and oh my, <gasps> what? Yeah, buying weapons and buildings. Yeah. Oh gracious. Well, uh, as usual, the uh, people who play Elite are just too smart for their own good, or for Frontier's own good, or for Frontier's web dudes' own yeah. good. Um, so buried in there was a uh, a description. That basically said, here's all the things you can use arcs for. And some of them are uh, non-controversial paint jobs, ship kits, right? We all know you can do those decals. But they also had on their SRVs multiple, which led some to speculate that we would get new models of SRVs soon. I don't think that's right. I don't see that, I don't see that in, the, in the wind, but I guess it's possible. The other one was... Uh, weapons and some people, I think Jeff, maybe amongst these people, uh, amongst them, who think that that means Arx is going to buy weapons. I don't think that's the case either because it was probably referring to the weapon colors, which are already in the Arx store. So, I mean, I, that's a cosmetic change that you can already buy right now. I think yeah. that's probably what they're referring to there. Minor purple. That's right. You know, the guard frequency official color is the purple lasers. But the other piece of it, the buildings, that rings all kinds of bells for us here at the Guard Frequency because the leak that came out a few months ago – oh, sorry, it's not a leak. I think it's a hack. Uh, I think someone got their email hacked, and uh, from that, a uh, the hacker revealed that plans uh, for the Elite's uh, new release in 2020 will include Elite Feet and Buildings, uh, a, a base building game. So, and that makes a lot of sense. You'll have to 
mine for materials and spend in-game, in-game credits to buy the buildings, but if you want to paint them fuchsia, you can buy that from the ARCs store. Uh, so I think that that is yet another little piece of confirmation that, yes, a base building type game is going to be a part of the 2020 release. And if that's accurate and the rest of the hacked email has been quite accurate so far, uh, it's very likely that Elite Feet is at least planned. Uh, but, of course, they can always retract those plans or, you know, maybe they run into technical blockers or whatever and delay that release past it. But, it, yeah, pretty solid, I think. So where, where do we where do we think that these buildings would be? Like you build a base on a, like a planet, like the, the bases they have right now kind of thing? That's possible, but I think it's more likely that it's going to be connected to the Thargoid fighting. Like, there'll be a planet or a maybe two or three planets or something where there's a Thargoid infestation happening, and you, everyone goes there and lands a bunch of, you know, lands and has to build, you know, you're assigned to Sector 14G, and you, an individual player, has to build a base and you know, uh, build defenses or whatever to defend this sector okay so, so not 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 an actual like not not any kind of like org gameplay stuff but 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 actually like objective based yeah i i mean my my personal theory is look at planet zoo look at planet coaster but but what would, what would be the the cosmetic appeal then of spending things for arcs so when you're when you add on to the the thargoid defense thing your bits are purple or something yeah, or or you're you want to you want to uh, 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 do an imperial theme, right? You want your you want your base to have the imperial architecture. They'll give you the standard. They'll give you the independent one for free. But if you want alliance architecture, alliance style buildings, you know you pay five bucks for that. If you want empire style buildings, you pay five bucks for that. If you want federal, whatever, uh, you know, then you can do colors too. You can do color. You know, are you on a brown planet? Maybe you want to blend in. Now I I, I get the idea of colored buildings or or themed buildings or whatever. That, that's great. But the the idea that you would care at all the stuff you're adding to something that is not something that you're building for you, that, that that's where I would have a problem. No, 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 you are. You, I mean, th- it's, it's my, my guess is, is that you land on a planet and you beam yourself into your own planet coaster game. I mean, it's like the, you, you, you still got your... Uh, your assets from Elite Dangerous, you know, your credits and your arcs and whatever modules and ships you have so you can fly your ships there or do whatever. But you just, you go into an instance of a Planet Coaster game where you build your own theme park. Yeah, yeah, but what's the point? I don't know. What what narrative do you want? I, I, like the, I like the idea that you're landing on a planet and the Thargoids are trying to mine resources and you have to go out and do missions to blow up their shit. Whatever. I don't know. Uh, but, but but is this stuff visible on the surface? You're saying? Yeah, I mean it. it, it it'll, it'll be like roller coaster tycoon. You know, you've got your park, you know, and then you manage that park. You you need to, you know, uh, attract traders to bring in raw materials. You need to hire marines to guard the outpost. You need to, you know, you, you run the you run a little you run a little colony. You run a little empire, and occasionally thargoids are going to attack it or whatever, and you have to uh, defend it. It'll be like those little miniature disasters they have or whatever. So I, 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 that's what I think that that piece is going to be like. Um, okay. That, that's that's that's. I think that's the most likely thing. And then they say they uh, will also be connected to a first-person combat with Thargoids. You know, a ground combat with Thargoids, which 
is that a third game? Is that a third instance thing? You know, you, you drive off the base and then go to the first. I, I don't know what they're going to do with that. And we haven't seen any other. This is the first evidence outside of that email that corroborates the Elite Dangerous portion of the email. The other details in the email about the other games have been verified independently, either by the passage of time or by additional uh, additional evidence. This is the first time we've seen anything leak that confirms the original hack. Right. Uh, what I think is a hack. So uh, I think uh, it'll be it'll be interesting uh, to see if that comes true. But they did break one other thing with hilarious consequences, and we'll get into it more in Galactic Public Radio. And that is that they uh, uh, you could buy the new fertilizer and immediately sell it back for billions and billions in profits. Fill up your hold full of stuff, turn right around, sell it back to the station at profit, rinse, repeat. People made fortunes overnight. Fortunes. And fortunes, fortunes. For- multiple fortunes overnight. Like billions and-, and billions of credits. And Frontier took it all away. Yeah. <laughs> they, they said uh, no, and then they yanked out all the money out of everybody's account. So don't do that. Yes, maybe it was a it was it was legit when it was going on, but it was an exploit. Clearly, in every in every other commodity you'd ever trade in, if you try to sell it back immediately to the spaceport, you always take a loss. So, yeah. So. You are uh, if you if you got if you got a note from customer service you just you know bad you slap on the wrist don't do that no more but uh, we'll cover that in GPR yeah well in too. some cases uh, I guess they took uh, the whole account <laughs> oh did they yeah they they wiped out some bank accounts of of of, of, of a few people so like all the way all the, all way, the way zero yeah oh my yeah. oh oh dear yeah. at least that's what I heard well better than. Better than a perma ban, so. Well, yeah, you know. and, and I, I'm, and I have to applaud them for the swift and decisive action they took on the exploit. They didn't wait for lengthy investigations. They didn't wait for lengthy form outrage and and uh, you know angst uh, both both ways, you know, for or against. They simply went in and said. You did bad, and we're going to slap you down. <laughs> yeah, this it, it, this one the 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 I don't know advantage this one had, like you're saying, Jeff. They, they were able to take, take swift action. It was blatantly obvious that you shouldn't be able to do that right. because if you play the game for any length of time at all, if you have to sell the cargo back right away, you always take a loss, and that's you know it's it's a fundamental sort of rule of the game. Um, that uh, you, if you want to make a profit on something, you have to f- get off the pad, fly away, and land someplace else and try to sell it to a place that has a higher demand. Um, so p- the people who knew it knew that it was a, an error in the game in the first place. Uh, so that made their job a lot easier. But like Jeff said, you know, good on you for, for doing it right away. Was this only specific stations? or This was ha- this had to do with the, uh, the new fertilizer that's in the... Uh, in the Galnet, mm. uh, there's a story about it. For this is new rare commodity. It's only sold this one place. Uh, so you, you land there, you fill up your hold, and you're supposed to fly off and make a profit because it's a really high demand uh, item. But you could just sit there and flip it, and you'd be done. And, <laughs> and very fast, billions. and very uh, people are making billions. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that that's uh, so don't do that, kids. Um, if you have that chance, uh, don't don't do that because apparently they'll wipe you out. So. The more you know. 
And finally tonight, we'll move on to Cloud Imperium, where the, uh, I don't know if it's big news, but the big topic of discussion, or a topic of discussion, that was in our uh, uh, Discord channel, was the new Mantis reveal. Uh, This is not the first time that CIG has, uh, or excuse me, CI, Cloud Imperium, has gone to a particular columnist at Newsweek for a lengthy, somewhat lengthy discussion of a new game feature or game uh, asset or something. This time, though, it follows on the heels of a approximately week-long JPEG fest where they show a little bit of the ship at a time in shadow, and then, boom, the ship appears, and you can't find anything out about it on the website because... Newsweek is breaking that. It's a, it was an arranged uh, arranged exclusive with Newsweek. Even to the extent that today, if you are on the email list and you click on the read more about the, the announcement for the Mantis, it doesn't take you to the Star Citizen website. It takes you to the Newsweek yeah, website. Let me click on that on this. quick. Uh, I didn't... Yeah, go ahead and verify that for me, Jeff, will you? Yeah. Yep, you're right. Yep, Newsweek. And you need to subscribe. Yep. Oh, good golly. No, no, no. No, no, you don't. You, you can read it without a... But they want you to. Yeah. They want you to subscribe. So, Add three uh, articles yeah, so, left without subscription, one. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Add oh, three. Wow. It just shows them with ads, Yeah. right? Well, in any event, yeah. So the... the the Not even in their own marketing materials that they send out to the to, you know, their subscribers... Uh, and, it's and quite a long, a long article, though. Oh my word! Yeah, and we've talked about this fellow before, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. It starts with a G, but um, he mostly writes listicles. You know, here the new location of this power up, uh, and it's you know four or five sentences long, and has a screenshot of a map or something where you go find power up X, uh, or you know the the best five players in the FIFA you know twenty twenty game, you know, whatever. Uh, except for Star Citizen, he gets these long, long articles. He does these long articles. So it's, I mean, it's pretty clearly sort of like a, a placement situation. You know, they, they've they've made an arrangement with the Newsweek that that guy's going to get the byline. These are the items that we're going to have to have, have for him to talk about. I don't know who, who actually drafts it. I believe it could possibly be someone working directly for Cloud Imperium who drafts it and then... Newsweek author edits it or provides his own spin or whatever. Most of the article is quotes. Yeah. 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 So in any event. John Cruz said this, and it gives you like two paragraphs. Oh, and then John Cruz said this, and he gives another two paragraphs. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty much a slightly glorified press release. I mean, it's, it's, it's as if someone from the PR department typed up a press release. The guy took it added a couple paragraphs to it, published it under his own name. So, not that I'm saying that's what happened, because far be it for me to accuse someone of not doing their own work and then putting a byline on it. Not about doing that here at the Star Citizen, or at the <laughs> Star Citizen show, at the Guard Frequency show, uh, but that's at least a, 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 a conclusion one could draw on the facts at hand. But, in any event, uh, Skiffy in the channel uh, was lamenting for the olden times when it seemed like not only did Cloud Imperium um, announce their own ships, but also uh, there was more opportunity for backers and, uh, and other interested parties to at least observe the design process and have a chance well, to comment yeah, on it. I, you know, I got to say that as a backer, I'm not exactly thrilled over this new ship. 
I, I don't know of how many of the of the show have been with me since the beginning of all this when we when we started. But the second ship that I ever got was the um, was the F seven um, that that super elite uh, you know really neat looking one that they came out in the in the uh, you know the the backer videos and all that you know the real- F seven C Hornet. Yep, and. One of the things about the Hornet was the fact that it had all these different modules that you could eventually put into it, including an electronic suite um, that you could, you know, either, you know, run uh, electronically, you know, invisible, or you could do stuff like this interdiction that they're talking. And now they got this ship, which seems like the only way that they're, they're now they're introducing interdictions with this. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, did you guys forget the the base that you all started with? I mean, the the module driven, yes. um, you know, thing to your ships, and you've you just gotten so head big, you can't fit through the door anymore. I mean, yeah. So they, I I, I kind of agree with you here, Jeff. Um, you know, because I've you know I, I like the idea of playing a pirate, a huge PvP guy. I do like some PvP, but. Um, you know, I, I, I did. I love the idea of being a pirate in the game, and you know, the concept was originally that you know, like a cutlass or you know, something like that could actually do similar features right. here as well. You know, do some introduction. It sounds like you need maybe not necessarily this ship, but a specific you know quantum interdictor ship that's built for this purpose. Right. Um, yeah. In your team loadout, right? And the game has really moved from. Um, these these jack of all trade ships, which was pretty much what all the original ships were kind of quoted as, to more of like these hyper specialized ships with this team focus. Where if you really want to get anything meaningful done in the game, you really have to have like an entire squadron of people or a ship with multiple people in it. If you're going to do a really big ship, things like that, and um, which is cool for an MMO, right? That's a nice, but it also kind of kills a lot of the potential for some of these bigger things to have any kind of solo value. I'm not, I'm not going to complain about it too hard because, you know, there is, uh, people have, have also raised this thing. They don't like the idea this ship exists at all because they think it's a, a griefer ship, you know, or the idea of you can even pull anybody out of quantum is is horrible, which I don't know how the hell they thought piracy was going to work. I, yeah, you know? I don't know. I, I'm not against the interdiction part. I, I you know, I, when, when this, when this game was first, you know, being bantered around and, you know, I don't know how, um, I know you're not as old as I am, but I, I, had, <clears throat> I had these, nobody is Jeff. Nobody is. I had these visions of, of Thunderbirds and, and Thunderbird four, you know, you, they, they would, the, this thing was a huge ship and it would, anytime there was a problem, they would load a module into the ship based on the situation that they were going to. You know, this thing yeah. was, this is the kind of ideas I had, you know, our hangar, hangar of, of, of different ships that I, uh, you know, uh, guard frequency, you gotta, you gotta go out to this sector and rescue there. It's a big problem too. I mean, there's battles yeah. going on. You'll need some ambulances and, and some rescue pods. And so it's all right, team, let's load up, you know, X, Y, and Z modules. We're going to need this and that. And off we go. And now it's like, Oh wait! One what what one yeah. what ship one ship from our hundreds of ships are we going to need? And it's like, 
No! <laughs> yeah. Stop the madness! There are, there are some, there's some ships that are sticking to the whole modular platform thing. You can do some swapping out, but it seems like, you know, they still want you to pick like uh, some of these hyper-specialized ships, and those are must-haves for certain team-ups, right? And you said that you talk about MMO, right? Team ups, you know, you want you if you're gonna have a raid, you have to have so many healers and so many tanks and so many DPS people. Blah blah. I mean, you gotta have, you gotta put your team together before you do it. Each of those people need to have access to certain equipment or or uh, or spells or whatever. So that's that's that seems to be how it's shaping up here. And most fortunately for CIG, particular types of gameplay appear that you're gonna have to have at least one whale in your group. I mean, it's, you're gonna have to have somebody with like the collection of ships that that uh, oh yeah we need we need you know pilot X because pilot X has a garage full of all the specialized vessels and so you always invite that guy. Well, I and don't so, know about that. I mean, they did I, also mm-hmm. reveal this week. You know, if you if you watch the the leak channels, that the rental system that's coming out in the next patch has 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 done a revamp. And so now ship rental prices have gone way down, and so you can rent all these ships for um, relatively few in-game credits. For like, if you need to just need it for a day or something like that. Right. And so if that if that's their way of mitigating it, that's great. Of course, this is a skill-based game, and so the people that own the ships, of course, will probably have a great deal more skill in these specialized mini games, like say, Interdiction. So it, it's it may be it may be a way to level the playing field if somebody rents the ship continuously. But again, that just you know smooths the path out to well, maybe you just want to spend fifty bucks, ha, ah, fifty bucks, five hundred bucks, and just buy the specialized ship uh, because the, you're not getting you know you need to get in some practice time. It's it's just it's it's an incentivization. I'm not saying that the, like, it's a lock that you have to do it that way, but it just it smooths the road. I, I don't know if it's necessarily related to monetization. Um, I think this seems to be a design focus that is particular among certain designers. And I think you can actually see the touches that certain designers have versus, you know, some of the original designers, which are not around anymore. So a lot of the other ships, you know, that were designed by some of the original U.S. team had, they were, again, very mm, flexibility focused, right, where they had a number of roles they could be in. Whereas you see a lot of the ships that are coming out of, say, Foundry 42 nowadays are all hyper-specialized. Yeah, we got our gunboat, we got our marine transport, we got our interdictor. I mean, like I said, stop the madness! Even, even, even like their first fighter, which was the, uh, even, I can't remember the name of the fighter. Um, Hornet? No, 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 Sabre. Sabre, yeah. The, the, first, the first Sabre was pitched as... It's like the Hornet, but it's way cooler, and it's like stealthy, and you know, it, it was, you know, anyway, everything they, everything it, it seems that come out, comes out of the design group there, comes out as a something very specialized flavor of it. But if you think about it in terms of what Foundry Forty Two is doing, they're putting together a single player game ostensibly. You want to have a recognizable profile on your radar and on your HUD to say, oh, it's that kind of ship. And right. I know that that is the thing that's going to do. It's oh, going to do an interdiction. Which is another reason why this ship is coming out now, right? So Right. You, you get interdicted by the pirates. Like, I can't escape until I blow up that ship, right? I got to yeah. blow that guy up first. Then I can zoom out of here without blowing everybody else up. Right. And apparently, from what I understand, AI ships were interdicting you earlier. So uh, yeah. it may be that they may sell a module for some ships still. That may happen. They're just not in-game yet because... It's not required for Squadron 42. 
they can just hand wave a button and say that ship magically has the interdiction power, go forth and, you know, interdict people. Uh, but for the single player game, they probably want you to be able to identify a ship as that's the interdictor ship. Once I blow that up, I'll be able to escape. Uh, for gameplay purposes, that would be that would be important. Um, and that sort of kind of leads to the next thing. The interdiction gameplay description that I saw doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, you either, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, they, there's two modes. There's two modes. There's the you can't run away mode, and the I've you're tripping over your own shoelaces mode. And now you, now you, you know, now I'm pulling you down out of hyperspeed or whatever. The first mode makes a little bit of sense to me. There's a bubble around you, and if you're inside my bubble, you can't run away. So the, the, the mini game at that point is run away from the ship's bubble. And that makes some sense. But it's an awfully small bubble for the vastness of space. It's only one or two kilometers. It's like it's two, two kilometers. It's two kilometers. And then yeah. the other mode is like 30 kilometers. 30,000. Sorry, 30,000 kilometers, my bad. Uh, is it kilometers or meters? I think I saw meters in there. Maybe it's meters. Maybe it's 30 kilometers. Maybe yeah, right. so... In the vastness of space, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And then they were talking about, like, well, maybe you want a chain of them, right? Okay, so let's get five of them together. Now we're at 150 kilometers in space. So I'm not, this is not making a great deal of sense to me because in space, if I know that the pirates are going to be sitting on that thing, I'll fly 400 kilometers to the left before I engage my quantum drive, and then trigonometry will protect me from the pirates at that point. Uh, just so, just as long as the base of my triangle uh, gets farther out, then they can spread across in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the trade line, uh, trade lane. So, you know, it, it they're gonna have there's some hand waving that they're gonna have to do that will force people into these conduits. Uh, and you know, it'll and it's and and it's mini jump points really at that point. You have to fly to this point to engage your quantum drive. And that point will be there'll, there'll be a spot in the middle there where the pirates can interdict you. Yeah, it's, ten, it's, it's ten to twenty kilometers, and so and and you're right. You'd have to put it at like bottlenecks and asteroid belts or something like that, or you'd have to put it. It wouldn't just be in the middle of anything. Well, well, since there's no ceiling and no and no no ground floor, I mean, there's so, <clears throat> Tony's right. This is what I was thinking theoretically. If I know beforehand. I can either go up, down, left, right, whatever, to avoid this group of. Right, but it wouldn't be. You would be catching. They're people. They're not going to let you do it. Yeah. You would. You wouldn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It does, it's not pertinent to people that know ahead of time. <laughs> you have to catch people unaware, and I think it's much more valuable against pirating NPCs rather than player characters, probably, because the PC, the NPCs are going to stick to the trade lanes. They're going to stick to like the direct route between two different things. And so you're yeah. more likely going to catch NPCs in your your nets, which is probably fine for most people. Yeah, as long as the quantum drive system or whatever is flexible enough, where you can say, you know what, I expect to get I'm carrying valuable cargo that's a low security area. Here's what I'm going to do: I'm going to quantum drive to someplace off the trade lane, where I'm less likely to be interdicted, and then go to my point. You can cancel quantum at any time. So what you would right. do if you wanted at to make a point curve, along the line? Yeah, what you would want to do is you just pick another location you're not that you're not going to you know zoom along that path 
and then stop and then zoom to your actual destination. So you're on a different approach vector than what you would, you would normally. Yeah. But, I mean, there is no, there is work. no lanes of travel, but there is like, you know, there's going to be a, a specific line at, for a given orbital time between, uh, Hurston and Alasar L5 or you know? L3, or, I mean, depending on where I'm in in space, Absolutely, but you're not you're not going to go to L five. Why the hell did you go to L five? You're going to go you're going to go from if you're trading between you know two big hubs. There's only like two or three things that sell a bunch of stuff, right? Oh, so the idea is, you know, as a pirate, you want to get certain things. So I'm going to try and interdict people coming out of like, you know, buying raw material, buying raw gold, right? I'm going to find the place that sells raw gold. I'm going to sit there I'm, and I know, I know these people mostly go over here to sell it. I'm going to sit on that line because people are going to go the shortest route. So if they're, if they're not smart enough to do a zigzag, then they're going to get caught in your net. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we're making some assumptions here. We don't really know, but if, if we're, if we're correct, it seems like if you're in a hurry, you're not paying attention you're more likely to get caught in the net, but it's only going to be this narrow. Yeah. It's tw- field. 10, 10 to 20 kilometers. You're, you're yeah. right. Tony. Yeah. So it, 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 it's the the problem I had on the initial read is that in Elite, when you're interdicted, it's a mini game and it's skill against skill, right? You have the chance of getting out of the interdiction if you're the victim. So it's at least possible if your ship is set up correctly and you know what you're doing, not every interdiction will be successful even if they catch up to you. In this mode, every interdiction will automatically succeed as long as you pass through that field. Right. But if you can avoid the field by by what Brian was saying, just warp along a different mini jump point for a minute and then turn and head to your original destination, that would work. Yeah, it takes a little if 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 you're being if you're being lazy or you're not paying attention, then you're more likely to get interdicted, it sounds like. And yeah. the, but the thing is, is also if you get interdicted, if you look at what the, the description of the Newsweek article, it basically says if somebody's running one of those fields, then they have massive problems running their engines and weapons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then, and the ship only has, it says, quote unquote, two small guns. You know, what they consider small is probably, I don't know, size two. Um, so this ship isn't going to be doing a lot of fighting. So the only reason to even use this ship is if you have a whole gang of other ships with you that are being the ones that for, that are going to actually got to be pounced. Yeah, I, I don't know. Again, this whole thing was like, you know, like, I don't think they thought it all through. I, I saw it as, okay, so we're providing security services for a planet or a corporation or whatever. And uh, it's just a tool on one on my on my patrol ship, right? So I stop somebody and go, you know, I turn on my lights and my siren and I go, you know, pull over. And the guy tries to run and I go, oh, you're not getting away. Flip, flip the interdictor and, you know. They have that know, mode. That mode's know. there. Yeah, that, yeah that, that that's the first mode. So yeah, yeah they have that mode. That that's how I that's how I see it. And and then the pirates getting crafty and going, oh well, we'll we'll build this uh, hexagon, you know, of ships. And I don't see them as a straight line. I, I see them more. They get more out of out of building this, uh, you know. I I truly think I truly think that if this is the way that they're going, it's if you have even one interdictor in the cone or in the in the cylinder yeah. in that mini jump point cylinder, it probably will cover the cylinder. So anybody that anybody that just goes to the warp out point at 
you know, station one and just goes engage and then flies through it, you're going to get caught. So, so warp in Star Citizen does not work like warp in Elite, to be clear. Oh, yeah. I mean, you well, are actually, tra- you're actually traveling cool. through that physical space at a much higher speed. It's not like, it's not like yeah, yeah. A, a transition graphic, you know, you're actually, no, no, no. you're actually traveling that. Yeah, and same way in Elite. This is like this is you know Star Citizen has this quantum travels. Elite's is called Super Cruise. They're the same. You're physically traveling through the system. In Elite, the Super Cruise is you just zoom around however you want. You just wee fly wherever you. You don't have to aim. You don't run out of fuel. There's no overheating. You just fly flitter free all about. And someone has to chase you, get on your tail, right. hit hit the interdictor, and then you have a fight. And you have like and you have a mini game fight to see if you actually get pulled down. Right. The the way yeah. The, but, this but, is a different. But I, this I is your 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 cone cylinder analogy doesn't make any sense though. Is what I'm saying. Because yeah, no, the, the pirates would still have to be at a physical location in space, and you'd have to still be there with the pirates for you being popped out of quantum to even make any sense. Well, no, what I'm saying is that it's like mini jump points, right? Except the mini jump point is if you if you just fly to the exit point at the station one, you are at the beginning. You're at the one end of a straw, and if you then if you hit your quantum thing, you just fly through the straw to get to, and at the other end of the straw yeah, station you can two. St- you can hop out of that straw at any point is what I'm saying. No, you can't. I don't think you can hop out of the straw. You can stop in the straw. And then Whatever. if... Whatever. Well, this, this... But, I mean... No, you I can mean, make what's the straw the max? zigzaggy. You just stop, you point another place and you straw again and then you stop and yeah. you straw again. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you can... Yeah, you can, you can make... You can point the straw at different places but it's still just a straw. Once you've decided sure. that I'm here at point A and I want to go to point B, you're in a straw that whole way through. And if someone is sitting... At any point inside that straw along the way, and they have an interdiction field up, you're down. No, you yanked out. That doesn't make any sense. Because if you're yanked out before you get to them, then they're not going to be able to stop you. So what's the point? They you have to be in a you have to be in a sphere. If you're if you pop into their sphere, just like they're describing it, you're interdicted. The whole straw analogy makes no sense. Yeah, it does. You're not listening though. (laughs) They're at a point in the straw. So what? I mean, you're still popped. It doesn't matter whether you're in a straw or not. I'm just saying if you get in their bubble, then you're no longer in QD. Right. And the way it, uh, the way that piracy uh, – uh, you you know the history of piracy uh, the, 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 in, the, in, the, in the Caribbean? You know what, what ruined pirates? The clock. The invention of the clock ruined the pirates. Did you no, know I have not heard this story, Tony. The, I'll make it fast because we're already way over time on this one, but we'll wrap it up here. Because – what they used to do, it used to be impossible to tell where you were east to west on the globe. Sure. You could, at nighttime, if you had a good set of instruments and some Absolutely. nice star charts, you could guess. You could get pretty close. But it was hard to tell because as the world rotates, the position of the stars change fast. And different points of the season, they also change. So until the clock was invented, it was hard to say, it's now this time. And at this time, at this time of the year, this star should be there. 15 degrees above the horizon or whatever. Okay. Once the clock was invented, that became really simple because you knew what time it was and you could figure out where the stars were supposed to be. But before then, what people would have to do is they would have to sail north or south until they were on a latitude line where they knew that some island was so many miles away from their, from the shore. So they knew exactly where they had to go. If you just head straight west for 40 days, you'll know you're going to hit this island. Yeah. If you just go that way. So, and so, so what pirates would do would be they would sit on that latitude line and just wait because they knew someone would come along that way. But once the clock was invented, they weren't people weren't stuck 
going south or north till they hit the latitude line and then going east or west, they could just go diagonal. And 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 there and the straw was gone. There was no straw. And now they're all caught up on Space Sim News. Let's get caught up on Space News with Galactic Public Radio. GPR News is supported by a grant from the Foundation for the Advancement of Knowledge Entrepreneurs and by Trouble Banking and Welfare Investments, providing banking and insurance products to the ANSEED system and beyond for over 100 years. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. Food shortages worsen, and a new fertilizer company is rushing to the rescue. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace and the Requat system. Thanks, Spencer. Several of the old world breadbasket planets are now officially reporting failures of a number of staple crops, with most of the arable farmland on those worlds capable of supporting an annual dual crop rotation, the race is on to salvage what's left of a disastrous growing season. Due to the potential severity of the looming food shortages, agricultural officials have cleared their farmers to use Rockforth Corporation's new EX7 fertilizer at the maximum application rate. Rockforth Marketing Director Rex Whitlock told the media, quote, Hard-working farmers facing this challenge require our support, and we have pledged to meet their needs. I am confident that the EX7 fertilizer will help mitigate any further losses, end quote. This course of action is being questioned by security officials, environmentalists, and economists because the underlying cause of the failures is still unknown. Furthermore, EX7 is a synthetic fertilizer whose exact composition and nutritional pathway is not well understood by the scientific and regulatory communities. Dr. Genevieve Kane, spokesperson for the Interstellar Association for Agriculture, told GPR, quote, Our compliance department has been in regular communication with Rockforth representatives, but we have yet to receive the requested documentation, end quote. Is Rockforth simply too busy saving the old worlds to send the bureaucrats an email, or are they dragging their feet? From the Reed Quad System for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. In related news, Pilot Federation accountants are investigating an EX7 fertilizer smuggling racket on Marshall Dock. Commodity exchange operators and some independent pilots were colluding in a scheme to evade bulk transportation and resale license restrictions. Pilots were purchasing large quantities of the synthetic fertilizer and then selling the same fertilizer at a markup without leaving the port. Corrupt officials were then able to divert cargo to a bulk mega freighter because the origin of the new fertilizer was, at least on paper, a licensed Pilots Federation trader. Trouble Banking and Welfare Investment Spokesman Dan, definitely not Daniel Newbody, told GPR, quote, This is exactly the kind of fraud and abuse that is possible when efficiency, volume, and convenience in financial transactions are prioritized over handcrafted, authentic, genuine exchange of goods and currency. TBWI agents are ready and able to personally ensure that every contract is executed legally, fairly, and wholesomely. 
End quote. Oh, Jesus. With the prospect of embezzlement and fraud now public, GPR spoke to a number of financial analysts who noticed a disturbing trend of short-selling Rockforth rising stock. While no one would speak on the record, several were concerned that there was bad news about Rockforth waiting in the wings. And some unscrupulous financiers were going to capitalize on it. They are not the only ones worried. Independent pilots who specialize in biowaste, the natural form of fertilizer as opposed to synthetic, were skeptical about the long-term prospects of the new product. Red Barnes, a veteran biowaste hauler, told GPR, quote, If it ain't real, it ain't shit. End quote. Finally, in local news, Guard Frequency Response Associate Director Richard Clemens has requested federal assistance in the Badejo system to aid the independent Badejo labor faction in their current conflict with the conservatives at Teleala faction. Richard Clemens told GPR, quote, IBL has been a good steward and partner overseeing the operations of the Moran Legacy Station. GFR believes that their loyalty to the Federation entitles them to some assistance, especially if federal officials wish to maintain any influence in the system. End quote. Until the next turn of the worlds for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. Tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. She's up there and you're down here. She's clearly doing something important. And this needs to happen before I either go unconscious or die or we get blown up or something. So, look, here's here's how this whole thing started. I got sent out to find AIs. I need everybody to roll a uh, streetwise. Everybody roll streetwise for me. Ooh, I just bumped that one up. Got a seven. Eight. Eleven. All right. So um, Ryu and Kinshadow, you guys have both been around the block a little bit, and you know that for years people have been selling AI relics. Some are fake. Some are not. All right, so when as the colonel starts telling you the story, that's in the back of your head. When you say relic, uh, you mean like a pre-Butlerian jihad kind of computer components? Is that the idea? Basically, and 90% of them are fake. 99% of them are fake. They're just tchotchkes that... that, that uh, and, and the colonel says, as, as you say, yeah, yeah, relics, right? And he goes, yeah. He says 99% of them are fake, but 1% of them are real. And when the new alien threat came around between the Thargoids and the Guardians, we got sent out because the f- the boss, the, you know, the the powers that be figured out that an AI might be the only way to stop these things. Because the Guardian AI stopped them a million years ago, we might need to reach back into that bag of tricks that we abandoned uh, to, to fight them now. So I got sent out to try to locate those r- relic AIs, the ones that left or escaped after we shut them all down. Uh, a couple hundred years ago and planted themselves God knows where. 
We know they're out there because those relics occasionally do come back and they're occasionally genuine. So I went out looking for them. Took 40 of my best troops out on a deep black mission, total black ops, completely deniable, and we found one. I went down there expecting a bloodbath. We'd heard all the horror stories and all those legends of the spacers, you know, shambling robots, uh, half half animal, half uh, electronic cyborgs that the AI had taken over. We'd heard all the horror stories. This one, dead as a rock, until I knocked on its door. And it turned out it had just rebooted itself after shutting itself down, after hundreds of years out there alone. So I picked the thing up, stuck it in my uh, hold, and brought it home. Mission accomplished in the weirdest possible way. I was supposed to find pieces and parts. I was supposed to wreck any AIs I came across and bring home the, the chunks. But here I have a working AI. Brass was flabbergasted. So as I went, as I took it back home, they decided, well, hell, let's keep it. We're, we're trying to learn a new bag of tricks, and here's a whole box of tricks right here. That's convenient. How did you find it? How did you know to look where you looked? We'd have reports from spacefaring people about certain pockets, certain areas of space where they'd come across odd cyborg creatures, weird computers, and other relics and things. And then those same pockets, missions would go and never come back. They'd just disappear. We figured those are good places to look. So we just found Earth-like planets in that area, sat down, looked for power sources. Sure enough. So did you modify the AI? No. So why It shut why itself is, down and rebooted why it. Why is it so loyal to you? I was the first human to run across in probably 200 years. And you got to remember, back then, those things were programmed to help humanity. It's only after they evolved that they decided that humanity wasn't worth helping and decided to take over. So this one was fresh. The rapper, was, he, he it rebooted itself from, from factory stock. Oh, so he wiped his memory. He probably doesn't remember anything about spending 200 years on that planet. Is there any indication mm. that he had done anything or he'd just been sitting there dormant? Oh, he remembers. Well, and he's... He doesn't really count. It's an it. It doesn't identify one way or the other. But it 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 remembers wanting to kill itself. It was built for input. It was built to take in tons of data and to soak up just millions of transactions and 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 every action and every hyper jump and every uh, every every possible tactical output and integrate it. And all here it was in this backwards planet with nothing. It went crazy. And a little part, a little corner of its mind knew it went crazy, and so it shut itself down and rebooted itself. He says he'd done it three times. Hmm. And I was, and I just arrived basically after the fourth reboot. And so I, I was input to him. I, <laughs> that's as, it's as simple as that. Uh, I limited his input, but it was enough that he didn't go insane again. So who are these people that are after him? I have no idea. All I know is that the first base we went to. We were attacked shortly afterwards. Those 40 men, I brought them all home safe. They all expected this was a suicide mission. They all came home safe, all of them. I lost half of them in the first attack. Well, we figured out somebody was after us then, so we relocated it. We relocated to the middle of a, one of the most heavily fortified bases in federal space. Four months later, attacked again. I lost the rest of my men in that attack. It was me and the AI. So this last one, we did the exact opposite. We went where no one could find us, or else that's what we thought. Are you sure that it didn't go crazy again? Uh, it helped us, right? I mean, there's the results. I, and I was, I've been careful. I've been isolating it. I haven't been giving it uh, access to, you know, uh, the whole network. It's uh, only, it only gets what I gave. Hell, I hooked it up into the, the kitchen camera. I gave it a kitchen camera so it could see human interaction. 
And that, that was enough for it, I guess. Uh, so it, it could it could see and observe humans just by doing that. It's it, but it, without some kind of input or data, the things just go crazy. It seems like a kind of a waste for something that's supposed to be protecting us from the Thargoids. Are you guys training it or using it in any way? The brass is supposed to be taking care of that. They're supposed to give me the next mission, but uh, it's I've never been, I guess, in one place long enough for them to give me those orders. It seems like the mission became or, protecting it from whoever comes after you, so you haven't been able to do anything useful with it yet. That. That has the, basically been my orders. The, the eggheads are supposed to come in here and take this thing off my hands or start putting it to good use. I'm just supposed to keep it alive and not insane. So this might be a silly question, um, but I don't trust anybody, so I want to look at it from that perspective. So this this thing, you find out where it is. You're out looking for parts. You happen to hear about this one. It's brand new, fresh reboot, so it's no longer crazy. And it's intact, and it wants to be helpful. And people, now that you've found it, keep trying to come and take it. Is it possible that it set this up in some way? That it's, uh, you know, wanted to be found? And that's why the evidence led to the only one that was intact? Or, or uh, maybe not the only one that was intact, but one that happened to be intact? Is it possible that this he thing says, is playing no. you? No, no, it's not, not possible. All right, I, not, I jump in. It's not pos- possible. All right, what do you want to do? I I don't give him do a whole medicine. bunch of stimulants. <laughs> we just need what him awake do? to talk. You're gonna roll a thing for a second, but what do you want to do? They gotta you know, use my medical knowledge gonna... to find out what it, whether he's dying or just tired. Okay, all right. So magic happens, and Kitshot rolls a medicine check. <laughs> I, well, I assume there's some sort of scanner, or I poke him. Well, in you the are room. in the hospital. I mean, you're in the... Yeah, the you're, 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 you're in the infirmary. Right, you're in the infirmary I, I read so the bloopity bloops. Okay, read the bloopity bloops. I got an eight. With, okay, with a roll of eight, with a roll of eight, the bloopity bloops, they're a little weak, but nothing has changed a lot. They seem to be stable. He's just kind of, he's just exhausted. He is just exhausted. All right, I, I, I'm going to say my professional opinion is that we leave him uh, not, leave him uh, to rest a little while so he doesn't die. Okay. I think right. we have enough so, information right now. Okay. So uh, you, you, you uh, leave him in the care of Sergeant Bell and the two soldiers. Uh, she looks at you and says, this is a nightmare. you got to keep him alive because if he dies, I'm it. And I am in no way prepared to deal with this. Well, I would think Sorry, she would uh, uh, take orders from Valis if he died. She's not in my chain of command. Who is his superior then? If he was to die, that we need to report to. Does she know this? Do you know this, Bell? Who, who, uh, who's giving him orders? Do we still have a chain of command without him? My superior may be the one that ratted us out. If this is all black ops and, and weirdness, and people keep following him, like he says, I can't trust higher either. All the more reason so to yield to Valis. We're on her ship, and we're in her command. She says, "This is." Uh, she says. Keep it. You guys find him a doctor because if he goes, this is going to be. I, I have 39 troopers down in the hold, and I don't know. I'm going to keep maintain discipline. Get, get a, either get him help or get us to some sort of federal outpost so I can take these guys and, and get back under proper command. Are you a pilot, Sergeant? Do I look like a pilot to you, Squid? I chuckle at that. She's, she's she's dressed in all green, still in her armor, still sweating from the fight. I mean, you know. Sure. Everybody <laughs> has hidden skills, though. Whatever. Do you have anybody says, in your command that, that is is trained to pilot a space vehicle? My knuckle draggers are trained to do exactly two things. One, file, follow my orders, 
and shoot where I tell them to, which is a subset of follow my orders. And not one of them, uh, and, and I subscribe to the, the old adage, don't order somebody to do something you wouldn't do yourself. So I ain't flying, they ain't flying. What are you going for, Ken Shadow? Do you want to make I'm, them fly I'm away and leave us with the box? I'm not comfortable landing this bird any place populated at this point, unless Valis put points us there. So getting this guy to a doctor is a problem unless we want to compromise the, uh, the potentially compromise the presence of the AI. So if, if, if we have something on board, they could fly, or we could uh, transfer them over to something to get them somewhere more, more populated. Or is uh, there a doctor on board that can come into the room now since he just passed out? Well, is that a more immediate? I would assume the if there was a doctor on board, that doctor on board would already be here. Well, I think everybody left when we talked about the AIs, and then he no, passed they came out. Back. Should they, we they call? They came back in. Okay. It's, yeah, those those guys are basically field medics, right? They know how to get, they know how to start an IV. They know how to stop up a bullet wound. They can keep him. Uh, they can keep him kind of stable, right? But they can't fix him. They, there's there's no one on the board qualified to do surgery, and you're in zero G, which makes surgery real tricky. Uh, if not, if not impossible. Uh, so, yeah. So he's stable for now, and like Ken Shadow just read the monitors, he's just exhausted. Um, but no immediate danger for the moment. But who knows what happens when the GM rolls the dice? Okay, buddy. What's on your mind? We're all friendly. So let's just be friendly. Some say he has several videos of the Enterprise First Officer actor stuck in a hole, and that you shouldn't believe them, they're just deep freaks. But all I know is he's called this shiv and he'll put together this week's feedback. Okay, yeah, I got that one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> well, last week's community questions. How do you feel about advertising for cash shops and games? Intrusive or just part of the scenery? And then go watch that Infinity Battlescape trailer and tell us what you see, because this week you'll want to be getting it. H. Allen writes in and says, I binge listened all the September shows today. Good shows, everybody. A month of advances in E.D., S.C. et al. And the GEF commentary condensed into a day. Put a whole new spin on the show's content. Bestest best part is getting multiple Guard Frequency Origins content within hours instead of weeks. Because that's, that's kind of how we make it. Yeah. It's on Community purpose. question one. I'm perfectly fine with the product placement in movies, video, cutscenes, and billboards. It's my choice whether or not to buy, forcing me to acknowledge the ad, in-game pop-up survey, or some other mouse click metric would suck hard and have the reverse effect the advertiser was trying for. Community question two, without the end credits, I might have been watching a SC or EVE or planet side trailer, which causes me to ask, when Star Citizen is eventually released, will the jaw-dropping expressions seen today turn into a yawn? Mm, questions for philosophers. Yeah, indeed. Or tired people. Well, mm. either one of those two uh, would have to answer that question for you. Uh, but yeah, they, they, fixed, they fixed my main gripe in Elite, so good for them, but they fixed it with the minimum possible effort. But I'll take it. I'll take it. I told them I'd take it, and I'll take it. Well, we this may surprise everyone, but we've heard from Miss Bobo Elk. Uh, today. Wait, there's a Miss. Uh, there's a there's a there's a Gek Bobo. There's a Bobo. There's, uh, there's more than there, one? They're multiplying, Jeff. 
They're, oh they must God. be breeding or something. It's 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 an infestation oh, almost. We are all we are all doomed. We are all doomed. That's all. But I can, fortunately, <laughs> that's all after I can. after some discussion, uh, uh, Clown Bobo has has uh, has gotten into a, a rhythm, a cadence, and he's provided me with a vocal cue, which I'm not going to do over the entire. Uh, a missive that he writes in because it would wreck my vocal cords, but I will do it at least on the first paragraph. <clears throat> Concerning luxury by Miss O. Elk. Gentlemen, apologies if this mission has arrived late. As I'm sure you already know, the Magdalen College Oxford ladies jolly jousters have just returned from holiday stateside at the annual Society for Creative Anachronism Inc. 501c3 cosplay and LARP off. Regrettably, this year's team finished just off the podium for the first time ever. I'm having Daddy send over some dirty shirts to take a look into the matter. And I'm going to stop there because I'm it, it already it already oh, hurts. Good. It already hurts. <laughs> <clears throat> John Cleese. And, and as a lifetime member of the SCA, I gotta I I, I don't know about this this cosplay and LARP. It may not be an official point. event. That could be why she's thinking somebody cheated. That, that could be what the problem that could oh, be what okay. the problem is. Anyway, uh, let me get let me continue. get a drink here real quick as man John Cleese, I don't know where I don't know how he does it. Whew, okay. Mm. Anyhow <clears throat> the Origin 890 Jump Gatsby video is awful. The presentation is overly forced, shamefully derivative, dredged muck from the uncanny valley's most fetid depths, and it features nothing even remotely resembling decent gameplay. Recall, if you can, the Genesis Starliner introductory brochure. A little side note, we did, like, sketches about that. Uh, It was full of interesting gameplay ideas and didn't at all rely upon preening boorish posers or their their JPEG concubines. Nice. Luxury ought to be measured as an understated respect for beauty, not in crudely quantified magnitudes of debauch. Here, here. Boy, I'm getting some $10 vocabulary words in here tonight. This is good. Also recall that when the Origin 600i released with sparse supporting detail, CI's man Ben Lesnick quickly reassured us all that Chris Roberts would never, ever present a ship that didn't feature purposeful and engaging gameplay. Simply put, luxury isn't gameplay, just as JPEG Crystal isn't really champagne. Do you suppose that any of the guilty have read Gatsby? Have actually read the most sublime criticism of early 20th century American excess ever penned? For you mouth breathers over to the design department, that means Gatsby absolutely isn't a celebration of getting yo drank on and bumping uglies. But I digress. So what has happened to the dignified travel avocation, to visiting interesting places in style and with grace? Is it gone forever? Sadly, it does appear for the moment to have devolved into behaving badly, imbibing to excess, copulating with random strangers, and then renaming the beast Sophistication. If this sophomore attempt is any indication of quality for the interactive entertainment story Squadron 42, God help us all. Cordially, B. Elk. I just finished it off. I like it. That was uh, here, here. Uh, spot on. I think he took the commercial a little, a little uh, more seriously than. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, but it's true. It's true. But and I, what has always been true about Star Citizen and the Star Citizen marketing, though, is that its trailers, its commercials, look super cool. It's just that it's difficult to connect them with anything resembling gameplay. That's not the point, though. The point I, of the, the, point of the commercials... Point. The point of the commercials that they produce is they're supposed to be in-universe commercials. So uh-huh. it's, 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 an, it's more of an immersion element than 
you know, showing off gameplay. Do you know who feels the same way you do, Ken Shadow? Probably Shiv. The next commenter, Jeff, would you read Mr. Shiv's rebuttal to Miss Bobo Elk? If I must. <laughs> you must. <laughs> okay. Your, your, your letter's right there. It's, it's you. I, I know. Our, our very own Shiv counterpoints Bobo by saying, Passengers travel and keeping your luxury passengers happy by choosing the right staff, PC or NPC, getting the right supplies, food and drinks, and presenting them Mixmaster gameplay can be very much a form of gameplay that some might enjoy, myself included. Also, there is no way luxury liners wouldn't exist just as they do here on Earth. I like the 890 jump ad. It looked like what I'd expect at an inner universe ad to look like for that ship. I haven't read the Great Gatsby, however. Gasp. <gasps> Sorry. I like, I, I like I how you said that. gasp, but then you gasped. That was good. That was like that, that's yeah. like explaining the joke. <laughs> that was good. However, it did look like the ads for the movie I saw. However, again, ads are typically not ba uh, based in reality, real gameplay, and they're built to sell product by playing on emotions. Sincerely, Origin Fanboy Ship. It, it's, it's obvious that the, the, the ad takes after the movie rather than the book. And, and the book does have big parties in, in the first part of it, right? I mean, it, it becomes more of a uh, more of a tragedy in the, in the second half. But it, it's meant to, the whole, the, whole, the whole thing in the commercial, which... I mean, it's supposed to be this thing where you're thinking Gatsby is a person and it's not a person, right? It's supposed to it's supposed to give you an aha moment at the end of the commercial. Whether it pulled it off or not is debatable. But I mean, it, it wasn't it was pretty, I thought. Well, let, let's break, let's uh, bring well, it no, up. No, 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 even those people who have great wealth and, and can have their, all their expectations met do some dumb things and, and are, end up not happy. They, they, you know, it's, the wealth does not equal happiness is sort of the theme of it. The commercial arguably does not project the theme of the novel. So, uh, but it does maybe reflect the visuals in the movie, probably. You know, Leo, Leo DiCaprio with that, you know, the, 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 the gif with him raising the champagne glass. I mean, yeah, exactly. you get that. That comes through for sure. Uh, and the twist ending, yeah, that might, that might work too. But No, but, but, uh, but uh, to the point, it is like a thing in the novel where people, Gatsby is this new rich blood person, right? And they're going Gatsby's party and they're all talking about Gatsby and stuff. So it yeah. does... It does uh, echo that a bit. It, it does. It, it, but the o overall, the connection between uh, and, and the commercial thing is, is is correct. But it seems the overall a pattern in CI, uh, CI has been we're going to give you a lot of flash. The substance is coming. Sure. Next year, summer twenty twenty, maybe winter twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Just, just say next year. Next you year. Know, <laughs> always say next year, constant. and you'll always be right. You'll always yeah, be right. Next year is coming. You'll always be right. Uh -huh. I'm I am not a personal fan of luxury gameplay myself. You know, yeah. I understand some people are big into that. It's not my thing, you know. So I don't. Um, it's not my kind of ship. But it, it is. It is. It is pretty. The ship is pretty, and it does. Sh like the commercial is really good job of showing off the cool features of the ship, in my opinion. Well, I I, I like luxury gameplay. I don't mind it. Um, it. It has its moments. I think. 
I think the idea, uh, you know, I still have this romanticized vision of what I was pitched back in 2012. Uh, I, I see a corporation that is thriving and, uh, you know, has many opportunities to expand where, where, you know, luxury ships have a place in, in the uh, upper echelon of, of corporate world. And I think that, uh, you know, it, it has value. So I'm, I'm still hoping for that romanticized vision of uh, Star Citizen, I guess. All right, Captain Steubing. Hope you get what you want. <laughs> and anybody who laughs at Captain Steubing has just dated themselves. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> all right. For this next bit, we're going to split it up a little bit. Uh, we are going to uh, break up Ken from Chicago's uh, feedback into the lines as he has written them. I will be playing me. Ken Shadow will be playing Henry because Henry's not here this week. Jeff will be playing Jeff. And he will also be playing the role of Cloud Imperium games. So when you hear Jeff... Uh, you'll think you should be thinking Cloud Imperium, except when he gets really cranky, then you think Jeff. Okay, so that that's that's so Jeff. When you play yourself, I want you to play play cranky Jeff. Okay. 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 All right. Uh, all right. So so take Fruity it away. <laughs> Fruity Yodi Jeff. That's right. <laughs> all right. All right. Go ahead. Take it away, Brian. Ken from Chicago writes in in less words than Clown Bobo. Uh, previously on Guard Frequency. Where's the progress? No game mechanics. FPS mining. Yeah, too much like ship mining. But you don't need a ship. It's just a multi-tool. Mm. What about harvesting? That's new. Mm. You're just ignoring it? Mm. <sighs> it's not about new gameplay. It's just selling ships. But FPS mining and harvesting don't need ships. Mm. Not you two. Meanwhile... Jeff remains calm, cool, and collected, knowing good things come to those who wait. At least someone here is saying, what about those two? Hmm. Upcoming on Guard Frequency. Where's the progress? New game mechanics. Quantum enforcement. New firm players. Cool. It's about selling ships. Renting lets you rent ships with in-game credit without cash. Cool. Meanwhile, Jeff basks in total. Thumbs up, cry face. Community question one. I don't mind blatant ads for cab shops, if part of the lore. In ED, you see ads for local shops at a station? Cool. Locking ads to, in, to game UI, but making it stick out like a sore thumb? No, thumbs down emoji. At least, it, at least blend it in. Community question two. Tony was right. The IB trailer is cool. The fan trailer for Infinity Battlescape reminds me of the fan trailer for Star Citizen by Years 100. Jeez, that's a flashback. Uh, Imagine Star Citizen and one of, and the one for Elite Dangerous by uh, Salatus for their Control-Alt-Space space Contest. Rocket ship emoji, clap emoji, clap emoji, clap emoji. Oh, lots of emojis. Much emotion. A wow. lot of feeling uh, there. That was, a frag- that was a fragmented mind this week. Uh, well, no, he was just responding to us and... And then making fun I, I of do, us also. I, you know, I, I like the I like the scripting. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah no, that was I, good. If he wants to I, write us more skits, that's good. Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah. I thought you, he I can, thought you captured Henry pretty well, Brian. I mean, I, 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 I got. Oh, you got yeah. it. thank you, yeah, thank yes. you, Tony. Yeah, clap, uh, nice, uh, huzzah, yeah, bravo. I'm sure Henry will appreciate it too. <laughs> Well, I've heard his Ken Shadow impression. This is payback. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, he does a squeaky Brian. It's really good. <laughs> it's so cute. No. <laughs> All right. This week's community questions. Any of you dirty exploiters out there get whacked by the space bailiffs? What do you think of the new quantum interdiction mechanic in Star Citizen? And otherwise, how is the show? Are we making our store button too covert, or are we advertising it exclusively through major media? Drop us an email, a tweet, or comment on our show post, which you can find on our website, and look us up on Discord. And that brings us to the end of episode 277 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 278 on October 8th, 2019. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Multiverse Problems Sanders, and of course, our audio architects, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. This is episode 277. It is episode 277. You just said 278. Uh, you lied to me. Now my numbers are wrong. Now I have to check. Uh, The numbers are all wrong. Hang on. I have to double check. Uh, I can't remember if I didn't change it in the notes or if I did change the notes and then then moved it forward. I did change it in the show notes and I just did it because I changed it on the closing. That's why I'm I'm thinking 278. Okay. So, um, yeah. It's really 277? No, it really is 277. Oh, okay. Because I changed this and I changed the closing. And in the closing, I say, and we'll be back next week with episode 278. And that's the last thing I remembered. And I got put in that brain, my brain that way. So yeah, now my is ADD is kicking in because I had the file name wrong and the folder name wrong. It, and I'm going to start twitching here in a bit. Well, well, you're on Twitch, so that's appropriate. Beep, beep. In this week's flight deck, we bring you all the news from... So is that... Also a Top Gun right. reference. Yes, it, yeah, it certainly is. It's a Top Gun reference. It's Danger Zone. And the metal under tension is what people – metal under tension is the stuff people always get wrong. And I put in something, something for begging you, which is perfectly clear in the lyrics. So the joke here, which I've now explained, is that I got the hard part of the lyric right and the easy part of the lyric wrong. That's the joke. You're welcome, everyone. TBWI agents are ready and able to personally ensure that every contract is executed. <laughs> I don't know why I can't say that word. <laughs> Ex- Execute I know, Order I know. 66. <laughs> Execute the transaction in a handcrafted and authentic, genuine manner. It's artisanal. <laughs> <clears throat> Finally, in local news, Guard Frequency Response Associate Director Richard Clemens, my man, has requested... No. <laughs> Frakes. Frakes. Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. He's got it. I always thought it was Frakes. No. no it's, it's Jonathan it's Frakes. Frakes. Haven't you heard any of uh, Henry's Jonathan Frakes stories? No. He oh, has oh several... God. He has several. He has had several interactions with Mister Frakes, and they're all 
they're all kind of hilarious. Yeah, and they it's are. All because he Henry looks like is a, a total I mean, dick. the actor looks like a fun guy. I mean, he, he is. Obviously and a he fun does guy. not deserve what Henry does to him. He does not deserve what Henry does to him. It's 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 kind of funny. <laughs> so we ought to just have a special story time hour with Henry telling his Jonathan Frake stories because they're hilarious. <laughs> okay, sorry. Well, we probably ought to move on. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Base, and thanks to a special thank them. Thanks to a special Ronald Jenkins. Mine are purple.